Hello and welcome back to episode five of At Least Is Not Rocket Science. My name is Nathaniel and I am your host. <laughs> My name is JJ and I am also the co-host and I am not the co-host that just hit the mic with his hand. We are welcome or we are joined by our other co-host, Kyle. Hey guys. So today, uh, you know, we don't have anyone to interview, but we do appreciate all our interviewees for joining us. But today on, at least it's not rocket science, uh, we're probably going to take a little bit of a break, a little bit of a low-key journey, and we're going we're gonna to try to be more informational today. And actually, uh, our very own Kyle, he, uh, he actually has quite an expansive list for some, some tips, some tricks, some information that might be able to help, uh, you know, engineering students or people who are interested in engineering, so I might as well just pass it over to him. Well, I hope I won't bore you. Last time we kind of touched on... Uh, the different types of engineering fields and what you can kind of go into with that. Um, this I would this time I would like to go a little bit further into that because we were pretty much rushed trying to get everything into that the last 15 minute time frame. Um, I'm trying to remember how we can start it off. So, um, so being an engineer, <laughs> yeah. So being what, an yeah, engineer, what would, you, what, would you, what would what would everyone define as an engineer? How about that? Let's get started thinking about that. Um, well, I have this handy-dandy sticker on the back of my laptop if oh. you want to read it out Yeah, for I me. will read it. <clears throat> engineer. Noun. Engineer. <clears throat> Someone who does precision guesswork based on unreliable data provided by those of questionable knowledge. See also wizard magician. Yeah, so that's basically what engineers do. <laughs> <laughs> um, we make things happen. That's the thing. You know, anything that moves, anything that has... You know, you use your phone, you use your car. That was all designed by some engineer somewhere doing something from some sort of field. For something. For something. And, uh, yeah, so there's a lot of design work. There's a lot of trial and error. Every aspect of life has an engineer involved somewhere along the line, like toys, food, exactly. Yeah. Like I, I saw a job posting the other day that Tillamook was looking for automation engineers. You can go make cheese. cheese factory. Yep. And you can go work in a cheese factory Heck as an yeah. automation engineer. You know, that's Oregon for you, baby. Yeah, <laughs> boom, boom. Um, so last time we talked a lot more about the mechanical engineering aspect, mm -hmm. civil. We touched a lot, lot on civil, mechanical, and manufacturing. And manufacturing. Mm -hmm. um, did we talk a lot, a lot about like a chemical engineering or we anything like that? Talked very briefly about chemical. A little bit about nuclear. Um, mostly about ECEs and MEs. Okay. And it, a little bit on, on manufacturing and uh, civil. And some CS. And some CS, not too much. Not a lot, no. But we were kind of rushed last time, so if we, if we repeat anything, we apologize, but uh, this will probably be a bit more expansive explanations of most of the stuff anyway. So, do, do we just want to, like, start over? Yeah, go okay. ahead. So... Um, at least how I define, we'll, we'll start from the top, mechanical engineering, MVPs. Uh, and mechanical engi engineering, engineering, <laughs> engineering. As, as mechanical like wizardry. Mechanical wizardry. Um, as mechanical engineers, we are trained and we, we go to classes for a little bit of everything. We touch on chemistry, we touch on material science, we touch on, you know, basic physics, we touch on electronics. Mm-hmm. Did I already say chemistry? We touch on chemistry. <laughs> we do civil. lots of... Oh, yeah, we touch on a lot of civil stuff. Statics. Statics, dynamics, mm -hmm. um, 
Mechanics of materials. Kinetics. Kinematics. So many kinematics. Thermo. 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 We touch on thermo. Heat transfer. Fluid mechanics. Heat transfer. (laughs) Ah, But basically, we are the jack of all trades, but we are a master of a lot of things. Yeah, and that's the nice part about mechanical engineering is by becoming mechanical engineering. Okay, so this is going to put me on a little bit of a tangent, but when I did my... Um, when I did one of my NASA things, uh, I spoke with project managers, systems engineering or systems engineers, um, and aerospace engineers where they didn't have any sort of degree relating to that, that they they were just mechanical engineers. Yeah. So mechanical engineers basically can just up and do whatever they want. You learn everything, but you probably will end up focusing on one aspect of one of the things that you learn without having to get a whole nother degree for it. Yeah. So exactly. you could be a mechanical engineer that does a lot of manufacturing without a manufacturing engineering degree. You mm-hmm. even do engineering econ, which is yeah. more like a business engineer. Exactly. Yeah. You can do engineering law. You can even d- do... Uh... Uh, product engineering. So that's a lot of sales, like you were saying, but that's just like if you see a toy on the shelf, some engineer mm-hmm. was doing the stresses and yep. the efficiencies they a, yep. yeah, they, and they the manufacturing. Figured out how much it cost and the best way to price it all out mm-hmm. to make yep. it as profitable that's all, as possible. That's all product engineering. Yes. So mechanical engineers are the, the perfect middle ground. They're a bit of everything. Mm-hmm. Then then uh, we, we should talk about, like, civil, right? Civil. Yeah, we mentioned civil. Civil is, to sum it up, buildings and bridges. Mm-hmm. Things that stay where they are. Forces. So. Okay. Also, uh, inf- infrastructure and, infrastructure. like, highways. Mm-hmm. Very yeah. important. Uh, I think that civil engineers, I think baseline are paid the most out of all engineers, other than, like, chemical. A lot of them work for government. Yeah, because um, they they need people to build roads, surprisingly. <laughs> Who would have guessed, right? And buildings and bridges. Turns out that America is relatively old, and so we have a lot of infrastructure that is constantly needing to be replaced mm-hmm. or upgraded or, you know, just repaired. So civil engineers kind of come in clutch when, with a lot of that. Mm-hmm. So if you want to be a civil civil engineer, you almost have a guaranteed job and career already ahead of you. And that kind of relates to architecture as well. Um, I would say most architects probably have some sort of uh, familiarity with civil engineering stuff as well. Architect is more of the designing process of it, though, while the civil engineer is more of the logistical building of the set design. You know, that, That's kind of like the like chemical engineer and the bioengineer because mm-hmm. they take very similar classes, but then like it's not until like, your senior year you guys deviate. Like, mm-hmm. ma- like mechanical and manufacturing. Yeah, exactly. So civil engineering is a very valuable... There's always going to be jobs for it, essentially is what I'm saying, is mm-hmm. especially in... Well, if you want to game the system, especially in high, uh, <laughs> high like landslide areas or places where it rains a lot, places where there's a lot of traffic or like uh, fault zones. So like California is always a big one that always needs infrastructure. Or growing cities. Yeah, growing yep. cities. Like, uh, for example, Oregon's constantly always getting more people and Portland is not big enough to handle a lot of it. So they always need more infrastructure, buildings, bridges, you know, all that, highways. So civil engineering is... An aspect that if you kind of like building things, designing things, you know, I guess even trying to to help improve your community, civil engineers could be a part of that. So. Then uh, electrical engineering, Mm -hmm. that's a big one. That's another big boy. Very technical field. 
um, very complicated. Magic. It is. It is magic. Magic. Every magic of the dark arts. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh, definitely. But they're so they're so valued. Like just yes. with our experience with Capstone, <laughs> our project would be so much easier. It would things would be going so much better. If we had a couple of uh, electrical engineers, not that on, things on are going team. bad, mind everyone listening. Oh no, 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 no! We're we're ahead of schedule. Like we're powering powering through. But I'm just saying we would be much less stressed. Yes, things would be, things would be more familiar to individuals who are familiar <laughs> with the magic of electricity. Um, but the, like the systems engineering, there's that crossover with the electrical mm-hmm. engineers too, and those guys make a ton of money. They do big important things. Um, systems are huge for aerospace. So if you start looking at the more of the aerospace industries, like down in Texas, I know mm-hmm. this is a big one from personal experience, but they have a lot of system engineers that all you need is either mechanical, electrical, or some sort of in-between, um, degree on that. And, uh, that's where that crosses over big time, but it's huge. Anything that, uh, senses on an airplane, you know, all those instruments, all those little dials, all, all, all of that is designed, maintained, put in by the electrical engineers and their technicians. So is a very vital and essential. <laughs> That's another very. one that also kind of connects back to mechanical, is like we all take the electrical fundamentals class. Some of us like it more than others. I, for one, hated it. <laughs> um, electricity is magic to me, and frankly, I don't want to know it. Well, I mean, think about it. You, we are putting electricity into rocks, and we're tricking it to think. Yeah, it's essentially you. Can, I was going to say you <laughs> no. can simplify everything to that, right? Is that? Yeah, our phones are basically just trapped electricity that that does stuff that we want it to do. Yeah, break it down further. We put thunder in a rock. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we we trapped lightning. You know, put lightning in can, a bottle. Exactly. So, yeah, like Kyle was saying, like all that circuitry for like it's like a lot of I would say that a lot of systems engineers are probably electrical engineers as well, just because there's a lot of crosstalk between instrumentation and, you know, obviously the power supply and communication. And so electrical engineers are basically with it along the way because there's many different factors that go into it, like, uh, you know induction and wires causing like a small magnetic field that could disrupt some of your communication with uh, you know all bunch of malarkey that i don't even remember the fact that you have imaginary power is it, i don't like it <laughs> birds are fake electricity is well, that... fake <laughs> <laughs> your inductance and yeah conductance. yeah inductance yeah that actually ties in well with two other engineering branches i ironically enough chemical engineering, and then something a little bit more straightforward, computer science, computer engineering. So computer engineering is a little bit straightforward. You know, you're designing all these big supercomputers with the computer chips. Um, But chemical engineers are actually really important when it comes to chip manufacturing. Did you know? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. They do, do like, uh, etching for, like, the silicon chips, right? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So there's actually a huge facility up in Hillsborough that a lot of our peers actually – um, and a year above us are working and doing all that and uh, are involved with the chemical side, chemical, chemical engineering side of those chip manufacturing and design and testing. And it's incredibly interesting. So just because you're a chemical engineer or something, you aren't going to be limited to, you know, big oil or. Yeah, I actually, um, uh, I don't, I'm trying to remember exactly what he did, but so I came from community college and there's a wonderful community college professor there who got me into engineering. 
uh, like or helped me discover like what engineering was as like a job in a field uh, named Eric Lee. And Eric Lee is an amazing dude, but he has a master's in chemical engineering. And I think he's got a bachelor's in, in did I say chemical for master's, right? And then he's got a bachelor's in mechanical, I think. Or he might just have a master's in chemical. I don't recall. This is like five years ago. But um, he is such a nice guy. But he was telling us when he got, uh, I think he went to, I think he grew up in Tennessee, but he went to school somewhere over there in the south. Anyway, he got this degree in chemical engineering, and he was helping make like more like environmentally efficient polymers of some sort, I think, for tires or something rather. I don't recall exactly what it was, but chemical engineering is very helpful when it comes to a lot of synthetics, which we use synthetics pretty much every single day, or creating composites as well is another big one that can relate directly to what we're doing at USLI. Um, but chemical engineers, you know, like you said, you don't have to work for, for oil and gas companies. Like you can work for like Nike. Yeah, Nike. I was going to say, like, uh, you get, like, these different rubbers that have different properties that maybe it, mm-hmm. it absorbs more shock on one side than the other. Or if it gets into water, it won't necessarily, like, it'll, like, clump together and it won't expand out and spread into, like, water supplies, stuff like that. Very interesting cool stuff. Yeah, totally. Um, am I missing any engineering? Did we go into bioengineering? I actually don't know a whole lot about bio. Bioengineering. Well, if do we, we have transla- a bioengineering? If we translate, I think we got a bioengineering. It means branch. life engineering. Yeah, we do have a bioengineering. Right? Uh, it's alive. That's too we've, much about. We've talked a little bit. Like we've brought up topics that relate to it, which the prosthesis, mm-hmm. prosthetics. Uh, that would be probably considered bioengineering. Um, that's like biomedical engineering, I suppose. But. Uh, bioengineering basically involves engineering and just bioorganics. So I believe also that uh the hydroponics station that was an evergreen. Oh yeah, that's that also counts. That was, yeah, that'd be bioengineering. It's life and engineering essentially. So if it's alive, then you can engineer it. Biomedical right. is more specific, I think, yeah, to that's, humans. Yeah, that's a huge I, one that a lot of people that yeah, are going for. Sorry, go ahead. That, that are going for bio here are doing mm-hmm. biomedical. That's another field that I think would be super cool to join. What are you going to say though, Kyle? I actually didn't know we have a biomedical here in OSU. I knew there was a biomedical over OHSU uh, up in Portland, the, the big hospital school there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had no idea we had one here. That's actually really interesting. Yeah, that's – I mean, yeah, we've mentioned how a lot of the engineering fields cross over, but that's one that crosses over into a completely different field where that's like medical and engineering and biology. Yeah. That's like – you get like a triple whammy right there. I It's – if I'm going to be honest, I don't know how effective of a field it is yet just because it seems pretty young, but it definitely is going to, to grow as we go. Kind of like there's there's fields in like xenobiology, mm-hmm. which is like space life and what that could be like. That's fairly young field, but as time goes on, it's always going to expand more and more, right? Well, we also talked about the cybernetics and other yes, things on this that, channel. I guess that would be considered biomedical engineering? Biomedical or maybe just I think bio that would be considered or even uh, the the gene- geneticist huh bioengineering the uh mixing the genes and messing with dna would that be bioengineering I have or no just clue, a geneticist that might be like some other type of engineering yeah so there's like, there's a huge crossover there's a lot there's a lot that we yeah. are ignorant to well you also have to think about it like like when you think of mechanical engineering right when you get up into the upper divisions you can split up mechanical engineering to Thermal fluid sciences, material science, into like uh, what manufacturing, else? Yeah, manufacturing. Civil. Well, no, manufacturing and civil are like their own. I mean, like just mechanical. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Energy systems, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. So maybe like inside of the bio realm, there's like 
and medical, branch. there's like DNA, something else. Yeah, you know? there's a large dichotomy. Yeah, maybe so. not this term because we're, we're just about at the end of this term. But yeah. next term, maybe we should maybe email the department head or some rep or so, somebody who's taking this class, drag them in, down in, into the dungeon. <laughs> yes, and yeah, uh, definitely get, a get some answers out of them. <laughs> any viewers that are, you know, Ooh, please. In, in these realms of engineering, either ECE, CS, bio, chemical, if, you, if you'd like to come up to the show, email me. To the dunnan uh, H-A-N-N-A-N-N-A at OregonState.edu. And we'll get you into the dungeon. Yes, or you can email me, Colton J, C-O-L, T-O-N-J at OregonState.edu. And also, you could email us if you don't want to come on, and you could email us. Uh, maybe you could tell us a little bit about it, and we'll read it out on the show. I mean, we would appreciate any sort of information on this because we're here to just talk about engineering, STEM, and cool different topics that are going on. And if you're from outside of Oregon, we could try to set up a phone call yes, and put you on the show as well. So bioengineering, uh, have we talked about, we talked a little bit about nuclear engineering, which I don't know too much about, but that's another kind of cool field. I just know we got the reactor over here. Yeah, we yeah, have. That kind of. That's, that's <laughs> a big one. So and I touched on it a little bit. I had some friends early on that they would tell me all about it because I was early on in my freshman and sophomore years. I'm like, hmm, that sounds cool. Maybe, maybe I should do that until they they came back to the dorm one day like, having a psychotic break like this is not what physics does <laughs> why does the particle teleport we don't know <laughs> under observation yeah that's uh, go ahead Daniel. no you go for it you for it i was just i was just laughing at uh schrodinger's cat <laughs> yeah gosh observation affects the outcome right yeah so it's it's an you either go and work on like nuclear reactors, you, you work with the Navy, you work with you know big uh, energy companies, things like that. People who work with uh, new green ener- energy or just the, the normal maintaining the reactors nuclear, or building the reactors. Nuclear is the future. Nuclear is the future. Or you go into um, super secret squirrel stuff. Uh, stinky works. Stinky, stinky works. <laughs> or you go further down down that rabbit hole. And you become in like particle physics and and like quantum nuclear like quantum fusion nonsense. mechanics. Quantum, yeah, yeah mechanics. quantum you start, nonsense. You start getting into you know, ele- brain melting. Electricity was magic. Look at any quantum physics. Yeah. So then you start getting into things that I, I you get don't, like the, don't ask you me. You get like the <laughs> fundamental forces of the universe. What is it? Strong nuclear force, weak nuclear force, gravity, uh, time. I don't remember the other one. Magic. Sure. Magic. Fifth, fifth magic. one's magic. The Gathering? <laughs> no. <laughs> Not sponsored. Um, I was going to say, there's another engineering, uh, forestry engineering. Forestry engineering. You know, I forgot that that one existed. That one's so, extremely so important, especially That's here in Oregon. Not really outside of Oregon, actually. No, not a lot of forests. There's not, there's not a lot <laughs> Um, also very, very important. I actually didn't know that until I what? met somebody in my physics class who so was a forestry engineer. What exactly, because I know of them, but what exactly do forestry engineers do? You know? You don't know? <laughs> I couldn't, I couldn't my, tell you. I know that. My understanding from, from this isn't like firsthand or anything. This is just like through, like from the peripheral. Um, but it's mainly maintaining the forests, maintaining forest paths, um, you know, in, including biodiversity and supporting logging industries, things like that. Oh, hold on, JJ's uh, don't mind me pulling I'm this just up, looking it up. 
Um, beyond the classroom, that's what it says on the, the internet. Um, yeah, it's basically what you were saying. Yeah. So a lot of it is maintaining our, our natural resources that we have out there. Breaking news. There's also forest engineering, civil engineering degree, where yeah. you're both. So oh. forestry engineers are like civil engineers, but in the woods. Very important for Oregon. So, yeah, application of engineering principles to the maintenance of trees, soil, water, and other natural resources in the forest ecosystem. And then with that civil engineer, it's like creating um, environmentally sound pathways without damaging the environment. So, like that. that one's actually pretty cool. Which, coincidentally, also ties in with certain uh, levels of bioengineering. Yeah. They all, it's a so web. So, it's, it's a web. Everything a is web. connected. Yeah. I'm trying to think. <laughs> there was another engineering degree that came to mind that i was going to bring up after forestry but i don't remember what it is now industrial it may have been industrial that one that one again relates to like manufacturing and mechanical so it's like you get to play with robot arms a lot yeah you're working with like like the best way i could put it is it's like the conveyor belt engineering you're working with like industrial manufacturing of like many different things at once yeah a lot of automation they're very into efficiency yes my dad does a lot of automation go ahead were you going to say the energy systems engineering yeah definitely cuz sure. the m i m e the e m i m e is not engineering it's energy systems engineering is it really yes is that like one of those Mandela effects? <laughs> yeah, like the Bernstein bears. <laughs> yeah. bears. Is it the Berenstein bears or the Bernstein bears? I don't even ask me. It's too late. The Einstein bears. Wait, is it really? Yeah, I have it right here. I remember because I remember one of the advisors was like, yeah, everyone thinks the M-I-M-E, the E is for engineering. Mechanical, but it's... In- industrial, manufacturing, and engineering. I think you just you gaslit sure? yourself. No way. <laughs> I think, okay. You tried to gaslight us, uh, and it didn't work. Nathaniel was rescinding that. He was joking. It was all a joke. He I, didn't. I guess I am. He was joking. <laughs> <laughs> We've been awake way too long. Don't worry about it. He was just joking. <laughs> but, yeah, the energy system, and that, I think that definitely relates. Uh, I'm sure with, like, uh, I'm trying to think. So you could be, like, an electrical engineer or a mechanical engineer or energy systems engineer that could relate i'm thinking all three of those could relate to like the usage of solar panels because i don't know if everyone knew this but osu has like a big solar panel array somewhere on campus or somewhere off campus on i, I, no, I, I, I know where it is it's i don't know where it right is off campus you but know I've, where the covered bridge is okay, you just yeah. keep walking mm-hmm. oh it's past that okay so it's i have been, i've been next to it i think it was just rainy when i was over there hmm. but there's a big solar panel like campus and there's like a solar car club uh, or solar car thing that's part of like SAE solar car club on campus as well. But there's like, that's just like an example of something that could relate to three different aspects of engineering. And then you got to manufacture it and then you might need to get the right uh, materials for it, which could relate to like material science or the chemical composition of the panels and how, how that will relate when it's exposed to direct sun for, you know, eight hours a day. So, ju- so the lesson, the moral of this, this little, <laughs> or this little tangent is that it takes all kinds, and just on one project, you'll have 20 different types of engineering depending yeah. on what that project is and what its mission is. Exactly. Okay, I think that kind of covers that. Moving down the list. <laughs> oh, you got something else? No, I got nothing oh, you else. you got nothing else? Okay. You guys both looked at me, and I was like, uh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, going down the list, um, there is, we need to go into tips and tricks for classes, STEM-specific, or college tips in general. Mm-hmm. Or we can go into more of an engineering mindset. Well, since we're going into finals week here, why don't we talk about the tips and tricks? <laughs> Maybe I'll learn something new. Okay. So, 
Um, you want me to start? Okay. Go ahead. So, one of the things. So, I am the first to admit I am not a genius. And I don't think you have to be a genius to be into engineering. Common misconception. Common misconception. Not all engineers are smart. <laughs> you can learn. That's the whole point of school. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's why you're here. You're here to make mistakes. You're here to fail and then learn from that. That's the thing. But it took me a long while to learn how to learn, I think. Me, myself especially, because at a high school, I didn't have to study. I had the worst study habits in high school because it's just like, oh, you know, pre-cal, easy, easy, you know. <laughs> and I, I just run with it because it was just memorization. And I would just, you know, you know stuff like that. You know, yeah. you would, I wouldn't have to study. I was, you know, I thought I was hot stuff. Um, and then I get to college and I am average. <laughs> <laughs> so that's one of those things. You get that come to Jesus moment where you're like, oh, I am not hot stuff. Mm-hmm. There are many people who are smarter than me. There's always There's going to be someone always smarter going to be than smarter you. than you. But you, you know, as a high school kid coming into college, you might not you might know that intellectually, but you not, might not have that feeling. And you even know. if you are the smartest one, never let it go to your head because there's always some topic that you're not smarter than someone else at. Stay humble, kings and queens. <laughs> Stay humble, everyone. So, with that being said. It took me till the end of my freshman year to realize that it is impossible, almost impossible. I'm not going to say impossible because mm-hmm. there's nothing impossible. But it was almost impossible for anyone in the engineering or STEM field to make it alone. Mm. Like industry, how all the engineers have to work together to make whatever they're trying to make, oftentimes you will need some sort of support group. You will need to find a buddy, <laughs> yep. several buddies, and then you know get that study group going. Find out how you learn is important. That was important to me because I had my terrible, terrible study habits, mm-hmm. and I had to learn basically from the ground up um, to to do that. Um, so you know when you get into a class, you know you're you're not doing so well. Um, you listen, open your ears, find the person who's doing some doing really good, or at least doing better than you. Be friends with that person. <laughs> yeah. It's a it, teamwork makes the dream work. NASA actually, NASA agrees. NASA says, you know, a, no lone wolfing is what they call it. Because if you lone wolf, then you fail alone. You can't get help from the people that may be able to assist you, right? There's actually a good book that uh, I'd recommend called uh, How NASA Builds Teams. And it should be available on like Amazon. But it's a not very, sponsored. Not, yeah, not sponsored <laughs> by NASA, unfortunately. Um, but there is a it, – it, it tells you how and what they're looking for and how the process goes for their team building, um, kind of some of the team dichotomy and all that. I would recommend it. So how NASA builds teams. Mm-hmm. So teamwork is your big tip. The big callback to that is teamwork and stay humble. <laughs> stay humble. There, there's a few. I got I got more. I, I had a lot to learn my first couple of years in college. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one of it is my, my personal tip, actually, something that I learned, because I uh, do not understand everything said right at my face. I'm very a, I'm very much a visual thing, and in college, it's all lectures. They're mm-hmm. not always going to have a visual thing. So when I'm asking questions, my personal uh, hack, basically, is I paraphrase it and I repeat it back to you. So I try to put it into my own words, and I spit it back to you, and you mm-hmm. go, no, that's dumb. <laughs> why are you, why are you, huh? Um, and I know, oh. That's probably well, not how it's What am I misunderstanding? Yeah, what am I misunderstanding? And I just keep doing that, and I'm going to bother somebody, and I'm going to bother somebody. And I'm pretty sure there's people out there that are like, oh, why is he doing that? But the thing is, the people who don't do that 
don't make it. <laughs> I, I'm very similar when I, I do that. Like we, you and I talk. If, we, if there's something we don't understand, we dumb it down for one another. Mm-hmm. Essentially, just keep saying something. I do it to Nathaniel all the time too. I'll say it like Nathaniel. He'll give me like a quizzical look, and I'll, I'll give him like a. a explanation that probably makes no sense to an individual standing nearby but eventually he understands it because i explain it in such a dumb way <laughs> so yeah just keep <laughs> paraphrasing it. you know you, you reflect and then i'm a very social learner mm-hmm. like i i like going in groups because if i talk about it i'm going to remember it mm-hmm. not everybody not everybody's like that some people like to you know focus on one thing but it's important to find what you work best as there's that that being said um, most bachelor degrees are four years. We're going a little off off the beaten trail for this. Um, college for engineering is not going to be four years. They that's a lie. If you finish your mechanical engineering degree in four years, you are amazing, and I pity you. <laughs> I would say I think that I have out of my friend group i have the record for how many years i've been in school so i'm i'm six years in school actually as of this term so finally finally i will be graduating at like six and a half uh come spring term but you know it's not a you're you're fighting many battles in engineering and to win the war sometimes you got to take time right Mm -hmm. yeah i I always put it in my own words as it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. Yeah. You got to reserve your energy. Take your summers. Understand it. Understand yeah. it. It's, I'm not going to say it's not okay, not always okay to fail, but it's not the end of the world if you do fail. Yeah. I, my personal philosophy is to endure. It's perseverance. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I know I'm not the smartest person. <laughs> I, I say that a lot. Um, but eventually you have to make it, you know, you just have to keep working at that. Not saying that you're going to keep doing the same thing that fails all the time. You need to make adjustments. You need to come up with a plan. You got to make sure. And then you got to realize that is this something I still want to do? You're going to, as a new engineer, you're going to get, you know, at your freshman classes, it's all going to be weed out classes. You're going to get to sophomore. Most of that is still going to be weed out classes. My... MIME 101 was like 600 people. How many wow. people are, are in our class right now? Are, how many people are in this capstone right now? Like 45? Yeah. Yeah. That, see at the weed out rate for that? Most of the, I can, can count on one hand how many people I knew personally, who was in my friend group, who are still mechanical engineers. It is not for everybody. It is very tough. But it's also very rewarding. That's the thing. If it was easy, everybody would do it. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. And you have to keep that in mind. Because you can't just be like, oh, no, I'm not good at this and just give up. If you assign value to it, you understand the risks, you understand the rewards, take the take the licking, keep on ticking. You know, that's, that's you know, a little bit float of boxing. Float like a butterfly, sting like a bee? Yeah. I would say, actually, float like a butterfly, sting like a beaver. <laughs> oh, Get it? Because we're the sting. beavers? Ugh. But, go beeves. Go beeves. But that's very important to me because that actually got me through a lot of tough times because, you know, it's hard. You know, especially if you lived in a sunny area like I had and mm-hmm. then moved to Oregon, you're dealing with the seasonal depression, you're dealing with the 
the change in the weather. You got stuff going on outside of yeah, school. Everybody's got stuff going out. Everyone's done. got it going. You're maybe you're moving from yeah, maybe you're moving from a different state altogether. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's probably stressful. Mm-hmm. You know, Especially. you probably don't know a lot of people. And kind of like what you said, the best way to start on that is like you know, getting to know people, getting to know the smartest guy in the mm-hmm. room, so that you can you could befriend him and talk about him, and maybe you guys can exchange information for like maybe what that person doesn't know versus what you know. Mm-hmm. You know, and sorry, I cut you off. I was gonna say, especially just being homesick. Like yeah. people that move over here that are from out of state or from out of the country mm-hmm. get here and then a lot of them are just going through and then they have, you know, their midterms. So they're yeah. stressed about midterms and they get homesick. So it's just like it all collapses. Yep. There's, I mean, and, there's, there's a lot of stuff like, yeah. you know, like language barrier could also be another one. Yeah. Cause I know there's a lot of exchange students. <laughs> um, you know, it's a bunch of, bunch of different things. You know, so that being said, it's one of the, the things is it's all fine and good to want to be an engineer and then, you know, understand the rewards and things like that and then assign your abilities. But are you going to be happy with it? Mm-hmm. That's the thing. You shouldn't try to force yourself into this big su- successful industry if you're not going to be happy with it and you're not going to enjoy it. That's going to lead into my tips that I have, actually. Okay. Um, I might ask you. So how would you... How did you know that this is what you want to do, and have you had doubts with it? For me? Are you asking That's, uh, me? Both of you guys. Because um, I know I had I had tons of doubts. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, I've had doubts. Sometimes I'll, go, I'll be going through a class, and I'll be like, you know what? Maybe I shouldn't be an engineer. I mean, I'm doing so bad, blah, blah, blah. But it ties into the same thing. Like, you're not an engineer if you haven't failed. You need to fail at least once in your whole life, so that way you learn. And you learn a lot more from failure. Mm-hmm. Um, Failure is the best teacher. It's usually what I say. Exactly, but like sometimes they'll just hit you really hard when you're in the in the zone and in the moment. And you're just like, oh, I probably shouldn't be doing this. What, was engineering but, your guys' first choice for mm-hmm. like a degree? Yeah. Okay, I think that's where I differ then because I was gonna say I never have had any doubt about my engineering career, and that's because when I did community college, I was originally gonna be doing biology. So when I was second guessing by my biology stuff. And that was, like, me kind of going through, like, that quote-unquote failure phase or, like, the second-guessing it. And then when I got onto engineering, I did not stray from the path. I, I was like, this is exactly what I want to do. This is how I'm going to get to NASA. This is how I'm going to get to space. Like, this is what I want to do. So my – in that respect, we're, we're diversified in that way because you guys had doubts based on, you know, just the experience of getting into engineering. And then mine were kind of based, mine I kind of got out of the way because I didn't know the degree I wanted to do out of high school. That's another thing too, actually. Um, I know that you have a few more questions on your, yeah, go ahead. That's a big thing too is, I can talk about my tips and tricks as well, but I wanted to mention this in particular. You do not have to go to college immediately. That's a big one that people don't think about is, you know, in high school, I don't know about you for you guys, but in high school, they essentially were like, go to college, like right out of school. Like, and I did that and I just wasted a bunch of money because I didn't know what I wanted to do. Right. So you're kind of, you're kind of going in blind in that way. Like you kind of want some time to think about it, especially if like, maybe you're not necessarily struggling through high school, but you're young and there's a lot of stuff happening in your life. Right. High school seems like the biggest deal at the time. Right. Mm-hmm. When you're in it. And then as soon as you're out of it, you realize that, oh, wait, that doesn't really, <laughs> high school doesn't really matter. So you're pushed into doing like college. Like for me, I went to community college and that wasn't as crazy, but I couldn't even imagine going immediately to a four year university for a degree that you might not even want. 
yeah, looking back on it now, I, I had that, that epiphany in my sophomore year. I'm like, some people, everybody's dropping like flies. Yeah. This, it's expensive. It's mm-hmm. time consuming. Very expensive. A lot of people are, they break a little. Mm-hmm. Like we talked about some of our mutual friends that they get on antidepressants and anti-anxieties because it just, it, it weighs it's hard. on you. It's hard. It's yeah. definitely hard. It's hard on the mind. It's hard on the body. And you need some healthy coping aspects. You need to have a life before you get in. That's, yes. the, that's the thing. And if you don't have that identity of, of self-identity, mm-hmm. it's hard to regain that if you don't have a firm grasp on it. Yeah. I would say having a good group of friends, too. Like, I think USLI has been really good because, as the whole team knows, I've stressed constantly about everything that I'm doing in my life. And it's been nice to have, like, a a group of us together that at least could live with the pain as well. Um, But, yeah, it's like engineering is hard. And most – I mean, getting a bachelor's degree in general is hard. Um, But from our experience, getting an engineering degree is really hard. And you want to make sure that – out of high school, you don't necessarily jump in on anything, right? You want to take the time and research to see if it's actually what you want to do. Kind of falls back to if you're moving out of state, out of country, all this stuff just to come get a degree at uh, not even just OSU, but at a university. And then you turn out, you know, halfway through, you're like, I don't like this. <laughs> like, or maybe you're like, you learn that you want to do a different degree because maybe it sounds more interesting. Like maybe you go in for like a mechanical engineering and then you like, oh, wait a second. Like, I really like uh, just like agricultural science, stuff like that. And then like you have a whole bunch of other credits that don't transfer over. You wasted two years essentially. Mm-hmm. You know, that almost actually happened to me. Um, I took the economics class, mm-hmm. that, you know, the one that we all had to take. The, I took macro and then <laughs> ec- uh, econ- economy for engineers. Oh, tripping over my time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I enjoyed it. So, like, my mom's an accountant by trade. You know, we bond over making budgets. It's kind of, it's kind of weird. We like, we like, you know, yeah, spreadsheets. Spreadsheets. You know, that's, I, that's another tip. Engine your best the... friend spreadsheet. Exactly. Uh, you know it. That's <laughs> gets me this far. But uh, I got that, and I, you know, I really enjoyed it. I'm like, oh my god, this is. It comes easy to me. You know, I got it like that. I got a plus. You know, ninety eight hundred percent on mm-hmm. everything there, and it just, I, it clicked with me. I'm like, I can do this. I got the highest grade in my uh, macro class. I got the only high grade because I took it over the summer. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got called in fall term. And they're like, hey, do you want a dual major? I'm like, whoa. You know, said hey. you thought about it. They're like, or, or do you just want to, like, come over to us? You know, there's some scholarships. Oh, they were trying to and bribe you. They're, they were trying to bribe me. They were Economics trying to get me majors. Off. They always trying to bribe people. But then I started looking at it, and I'm like, well, it's a good gig. You know, there's a need for it, obviously, uh, sort of. <laughs> but would I be happy with it? And I said, no. Mm-hmm. I don't think I'd be happy with it. I don't think it would be as fulfilling. Yes, exactly. I don't think... I think that was the easy road, and I don't always like doing the easy thing. If it was easy, everybody, everybody would, would do it. it. Um, and that, that's what I keep telling myself. You know, you, you just got to take your lumps. <laughs> take your lumps. Yep. That's So I'll be quick about this, but, like, the biggest tip I can mention is kind of what Kyle – or I'm going to kind of echo Kyle here – is passion, you know, I don't think you should be doing anything in life unless you're passionate about what you're doing. So, like, we have all 
taken miserable classes at OSU. It's not OSU's fault. <laughs> it's just the way that, you know, we have to do certain classes to get our degree, right? And so it's not uh, it's not to make us suffer. It's to give us a more expansive understanding of how it will relate to what we want to do, right? And so by be passionate, I mean for engineering in general, or it could be a specific, like for me, aerospace, I'm really passionate about. And so that's why I'm getting an aerospace minor. But Anything you're doing, you can probably try to relate it to how that's going to work. So, like, uh, economics, okay, you can compare, like, say that you only get a price for, like, a rocket by, like, the per density of the metal or whatever. So you need to get all that out. You need to get all the tax rates, shipping, all that. You can connect all of that uninteresting class to something that you are interested in. <laughs> so, like, statics. Like, we've been using a lot of statics when it comes to the avionics bay for our coupler. Like, statics are kind of boring on their own, but then you introduce it to something that we actually need to work on, and there, then it becomes a little bit more interesting. We're talking about energy for our parachutes. <laughs> yeah. Like, that. that's, like, the perfect example. Like, we're directly comparing the kinetic energy of impacts of our parachutes for when they uh, hit the ground to stuff we learned from, like, uh, physics one, you know? Mm-hmm. So I'd say be passionate about what you're learning and connect it to what you do enjoy because that's that's the best way to learn is you want to learn, right? Like calculus has always been kind of iffy for me. And then I took vector calc, and that was the very first math class I got an A in, and that's because it was related directly to rocketry. So that's that's why I love. So passion, that's like the biggest one that I can I can say is you can get me talking about mostly anything that I'm passionate about and engineering will probably come up in it because of that. So I had a question about that, actually. <clears throat> so one of the I, questions that I wanted to ask for you know people listening and people who m- are thinking about changing their major or looking at something else, who are thinking that maybe college isn't for them, how would you define that this isn't for me, this is... Maybe I need to do something else. And then how would you go about finding that something else if you're not sure? Like you don't have an experience with something that, you know, you didn't have that little golden rabbit mm-hmm. uh, co- coming across your path and like, oh, this is great. Look yeah. at that. Um, I always kind of knew what I wanted. I had doubts along the way, but I always kind of had my goal. But um, JJ, you may- would probably answer it better than I could. I would say... Um, you know, like you mentioned that like lucky rabbit, like that, that feeling like, oh, this is the right thing. I would say, of course, failing like, or not failing, trying something and realize that you don't like it is a lot better than never trying it and saying you don't like it. So if you say you got out of high school and you have no clue you want to do, and say you just like start working like a hardware store job, like you might not enjoy every part of it, but there might be like a certain part of it that you really enjoy. Like say you like driving the heavy machinery, for example, which I did. I worked at a hardware store. Say you like really driving like the heavy machinery. And then you're like, oh man, like I wonder how all of this works. And then like maybe you, you're you like, oh, I want to kind of learn how to take this apart. And then maybe you learn that, you know, maybe through some sort of, they do some sort of uh, like conveyor belt manufacturing or they, they do something special with like the electronics on it. And then that can lead you down all these different paths. And so I would say that if you had that kind of situation for if you didn't know what to do, then it, you kind of just have to go with what you want to do, right? Because everyone wants to do something, not, they don't, but not necessarily know how, which was for me for a while. You've always had an interest in something, right? 
And if you're interested in something and you're curious for how you're going to do it, eventually something will come along the way that you'll get a little, just a little bite on. Get a little, a little, little tidbit and then be like, oh, okay. And then if you're interested in it, you look into it a little bit more through just like working with it every day or hearing someone talk about it every day or even just speaking with your, the people who are doing it. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause you know, I worked at a shoe store too, and I heard all sorts of different walks of life, no pun intended, <laughs> um, coming into that shoe store and trying to like, like I remember a guy that had an aerospace company offering me a job as I was like, sir, I'm trying to sell you some Nikes, <laughs> um, you know, all this different stuff. And then how, you know, it's not right. Like how, you know, like when you're halfway through something and you're like, this isn't for me. And then that's, that's when the kind of the opposite comes in where you realize that like maybe you're spending too much money or, and maybe you're just not enjoying any of the classes. Nothing is interesting to you. And you just, if you get almost like you mentioned there, like you were almost drawn away for like a monetary value and like, because they wanted you, but not because you wanted to do it. And that would be the perfect example of like, am I doing this because this is something that I should and want to do? Or is it, am I doing it for some sort of external factor? Mm-hmm. And that's where it comes back to passion, right? You have to want to do something. No one wants to work at a gas station. Well, okay, I, I can't say that. Some people want to work at a gas station, but not everyone who works at a gas station wants to work at the gas station, mm-hmm. right? You do the job because you need to do it, but you probably don't want to do it. And then it's kind of that situation where you're you're halfway through a degree and you're like, I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> and because you're either afraid of wasting your money or you don't know what you're going to do if you drop out or change majors, or you don't even know how to go from that point. Like, what am I going to do? Like, where am I going to live? Do all this other stuff. So it's very hard to, it, it differs from person, person to person for sure. But I would say that you have to, you have to discover your lack of passion <laughs> to stop and you have to know your passion to start. That's what I would say. I was going to say, I'd also say like, to we haven't out, heard your tips and tricks as well. <laughs> I was going to say, uh, kind of going off of the how to know when, you know, you you need to switch. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes you don't even know and it's like someone else has to tell you like, hey, yes. you're, you've been like overdoing yourself a lot. Like, are you really enjoying this? Because you don't look like you're enjoying this. And that's when you have to actually question yourself. Am I enjoying this? Like, is this really what I want to do? And you're going to be like, well, maybe I don't. Maybe I do. But again, like, you might also need that third person that's not even related to engineering to tell you, hey, uh, you should really evaluate what you're doing. Uh, yeah. Talk to the, the school counselors, too. I mean, they're they're here for your, your, your benefit, your mental benefit and your, like, career benefit. So if you tell them, like, I don't know if I, <laughs> I enjoy doing this, you know, I don't know if I enjoy doing what I'm doing and or I, I don't know why I'm so miserable – uh, you know, because I'm doing this, this stuff, they might be able to help you out or at least help you. Cause sometimes it's not because you don't enjoy it, but maybe because of extraneous external factors, like again, like maybe you got fired from your job and, uh, you know, rent's tough for the month or something like that. Like you get distracted from class. So your grade goes down. So your passion for going to that class goes down as well. Right. Yeah. Which definitely happens. Mm-hmm. So all sorts of different factors could affect your emotions about it. You just need to be aware of it or have a close group or person that you can talk to about that so that they can be your, you know, essentially your reality check. Yeah. Or just like a, 
kind of like what they use for the CS majors when they're coding the little rubber ducky. Yes, the, yeah. the coding like, duck. Sometimes you just need to say it out loud to really you think go, oh, about it. Of course. Yeah. Um, and then I'd say like if kind of going off the passion thing, like for me, it was in high school in wood shop specifically because I did drafting in high school mm-hmm. and I also did wood shop and just one of the projects was you had to draft a house and then you had to build the house like a miniature sculpture like popsicle sticks uh no no you had to full-on get the piece of wood cut it on the table Whoa. saw sand it down you have to make your like rafters your king studs and all Whoa. that that's yeah cool. it, it was pretty fun and that's what got me into the civil engineering because I wanted to be civil, and then I switched to mechanical. <laughs> as, as we've talked, uh, episode one, go back and check it out. Yeah, but, go, um, go watch it. Basically, just kind of look at what you do in life, and like if you if you find something, you're like, yeah, I really like this. SolidWorks, that was for go me. For it. I was doing I was doing SolidWorks in uh, at Clark and Miss Community College, and I was like, whoa, like what the heck? What is this CAD? <laughs> and I was like, whoa, and I designed a D and D table, which I then subsequently built. Uh, for my our D and D room uh, back at my parents' house, and that was like I, I don't know why that like blew my mind. Where I was like, whoa, I can make this like a three D thing in on a computer, you know? And it was I don't know why that I mean, even to the, to this day I think about how cool it is, and that's what got me into like three D printing as well. It's like, whoa, I can turn this thing I made on the computer into a real life thing with this like two hundred dollar printer. Heck yeah. So what about your, your tips and tricks? Kyle and I have, have labored on and on about it, but I want to hear some of yours. Jeez, tips and tricks. All right. Um, kind of going off what Kyle was saying, where just find your group of people mm. and study with them. Uh, the main thing for me that I learned for my way of learning is uh, teaching others. So yeah, if I could just that's a good be one. That's there, a good one. if I could be there and like, let's say if I was with Kyle and Kyle was like, what is this? Giving me all those questions, like regurgitating what I'm saying to him back to me. And I'm just on a whiteboard showing him like this, this, this. And I'm a very visual person. So I always have these markers with me. Yes. yes Different colors. So that way I can have everything detailed out. And just going through that, allowing me to think about my process and refining that while at the same time making sure it makes sense with another classmate or someone else. That just really helps me. So finding that that like niche of how to, to study, um, that's a, that's a big one. Um, also just take time for yourself, take a nap yeah. when you need to go play some games take when you more, need to take more breaks. <laughs> yeah. The USLI, we have this thing that's called union breaks. It's a little <laughs> joke. Yeah. I have to, technically I'm in charge, but I have to listen to Nathaniel when I work on aero recovery and propulsion stuff. And he makes me take union mandated breaks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cause, but yeah, just make sure you keep up with yourself. Yeah. That's a big one. And find your way to learn that's the biggest one like literally i I i'll say like i had a similar experience like how kyle was saying where you came here and you're all of a sudden it's just like whoa i'm not the i'm not the the guy i thought i was yeah exactly it's this is not what i what i thought it was going to be like um my dad my dad always says okay so my dad didn't go to, to school he went to a trade school and uh you know my dad is super smart and he, is, he doesn't even have an engineering degree. Hence, what I was kind of talking earlier where you don't necessarily have to go to college. Like, you can go to a trade school if you want to. Um, but my dad would always say, uh, you don't know anything unless you can explain it to anyone. And I, I think I, Einstein I've, said that too. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, it's, it's like you don't – unless you can, like, explain it to a child, essentially, you don't understand it. Mm-hmm. Right? Because unless you can, like, 
layman terms, right? Unless you can put it into layman terms for anyone to understand, then you don't understand how it works, <laughs> which is exactly what um, we're kind of doing with like our PDR and CDR and stuff like that. We're supposed to technically tailor it to to anyone can read it, right? So, but there's also that thing that uh, was it Neil deGrasse Tyson? The scariest thing about a subject is not what you don't know. It's thinking that you know what you don't know. Dunning, or something, something like the Dunning Kruger effect. That's a big part of that, I think. Yeah. Or like you know just enough that you think you know it all, but you actually know nothing. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And it's like that's a not to get too crazy in conspiracy theories here, but that's a big part of like uh, people that think the Earth is flat. <laughs> oh gosh. That's a. They're like, yeah, that the Dunning Kruger effect. Uh, I mean, it affects literally everyone. I mean, there's certain topics that people will think that they know that they know nothing about. I'm sure there's one for each of us. So the Dunning-Kruger effect is a very powerful thing. You think you know, but you don't. And someone will always know more. That's always a good thing to think about. Someone will always know more. Yeah. I think it was Socrates that said that only the wise know what they do not know. Yeah. Yeah. I was about to say, (laughs) be aware. Oh, I think another one that I have is there's no such thing as a dumb question if it is an honest one. Mm -hmm. So, like, people will jokingly ask, dumb questions but if you're serious about trying to learn something and you ask a question the person you're asking should be this is this is it differs from person to person but the person you're asking the question should be open to the fact that you are trying to learn what you think that they know and they might know it they might Mm -hmm. not you know so there's no such thing as a dumb question if you are trying to actually learn something right i always Oh, sorry. So, like, Nathaniel, like, for aero recovery propulsion stuff, like Open Rocket, like, I probably asked you the same question several times. I asked you how to do, like, basically everything in Open Rocket, and now I'm, I'm pretty well-versed in it. I don't use it nearly as much as you do, but I can still probably show, uh, like, even a child probably how to use it. <laughs> but it's like, I ask you all these what could conceivably be seen as dumb questions, but I still ask them anyway because people may think you're dumb for asking a question that seems obvious, but it's not necessarily obvious to everyone. Well, at the same time, it kind of goes back to, like, who the person is that you're asking the questions. Like, Mm -hmm. for example, for me, when I first learned Open Rocket, oh, I mean, it was YouTube videos, Mm -hmm. me asking a bunch of questions. So if someone comes to me asking a question like, how do I even do this? Like, something very simple. Yeah. Maybe you and I would see very simple. Maybe Kyle would be like, "What? what is that? Yeah. <laughs> I would understand. I'd be like, oh, yeah, no worries, man. Like, I'll show you how to do that. I'll show you how to do this. Yeah. Like, it's, yeah. Or like familiarity with the topic breeds like this thought process where it's like relatively simple in your mind, but to someone else, it's not that simple. Because exactly. like, I'm sure, like, you saw us messing with the Telemega mm-hmm. earlier. And I was like, oh, yeah, it's just got to wire this up. And you're like, okay. <laughs> you kind of see yeah. my brow forming. Mm. <laughs> yeah, the, 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 ooh. the grug brow. Telemega. Yeah. Yeah. The grug brow. That was basically you mean the beeps and, and the jeeps. Yeah, the beeps, the creeps, yep. the sweeps. There was uh, two things that I wanted to touch on. Um, <clears throat> the asking questions thing is, I don't think it's ever dumb to ask honest questions like that. Yeah. I think it's dumb to not ask the honest questions because if you don't know what's going on, and you're not communicating that you don't know what's going on, then you're forever to remain dumb and ignorant. Yes. If you're asking questions, then you're just ignorant. You know, and ignorance can be fixed. Mm-hmm. Dumb can't. Yeah. You know? Um, don't ever think of yourself as dumb. Just think of yourself as ignorant. Ask mm-hmm. the questions. Do not be afraid to ask the questions. You know, if you're in college right now and you're not asking questions and it's hurting you, 
I guarantee you, if you ask the question, someone in your class is asking or the same question in their mind, and they're just either too scared or something Bingo. to ask of it. Yeah. So, you know, you got to put yourself out there a little bit. You will succeed more if you put yourself out there and make those, you know, ignorant questions and than if you weren't. I would also say, um, oh, I just had it in my mind. I don't know where it went. <laughs> You, the the no dumb questions, man. I forgot what it was. Crap. I was I just spaced <laughs> okay. out randomly. It's a it's eight seventeen p.m. right now. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, I know. I just I spaced out. I I just had it in my mind. It was such a good point too. Man, where did it go? It's on the tip of my tongue. Yeah, I forgot. Maybe it'll come back um, to me. Well, now I'm just, just it's you're infecting because I had the, a second point. What was my second? Point? <laughs> Nathaniel, you got it. You got one. <laughs> I guess so. I mean, like. <laughs> anyone out there that has <laughs> questions to ask like just please ask them even if it's as simple as like what's one plus one 21 <laughs> uh, i figured out what it was okay uh i was gonna say anyone that says that your question is dumb is dumb themselves mm-hmm. because they are actively like gatekeeping you from knowledge and that might be due to the fact that they don't for whatever reason, you know, I, I can't name. There's probably numerous reasons for people to be, like, weirdly secretive about knowledge That's that they're you're just asking questions to them. So anyone that actively tells you that your question is dumb or they're not trying to teach you because you're asking, uh, it's such, like, this weird sort of personality that this person is exuding. And you should not take that to heart. That person is actively trying to block you from learning which is a dumb thing in itself. Like, as a student, we're here to learn no matter what. No matter how small, no matter how big, right? So, like, one plus one, that equals two. You I learned start that. somewhere. You got to start somewhere, exactly. So that person, if that says dumb question, don't listen to them. They don't know what they're talking about. You, <laughs> you can send them to, to, to my place. And also, <laughs> you will probably come across those people that gatekeep the knowledge yeah, in college. Yeah, they're everywhere. Um, and there'll be, there'll be peers that are around you. Um, the thing is, is just to find someone else that maybe either have the same knowledge or even greater than that person yeah. and ask them the questions. Cause there will always, there will always be someone else out always. there that will be willing to answer the simplest questions. Yep. Well, I guess complex, yeah, 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 yeah. but simple. There's, that's another point that just came to mind as well is like, no matter how, so like a lot of people have horrible self images of their own intelligence and they think that someone's smart smarter than them. No one is smarter than you. And I'll say that and I'll pause and I'll let you think about what I mean on that. No one is smarter than any of you. Everyone everyone is not smarter than you. So the way I say that, the reason why I say that is because each of each person on earth is intelligent in their own way. I think intelligence and then there's there's smart. So being smart in something is a different thought process in my mind. So being smart. So like Nathaniel, for example, you're very smart and very good with MATLAB. <laughs> much, much smarter than me at MATLAB. And I think that we are both intelligent, but I'm probably much smarter than you with like CAD. Yeah. And it's like everyone has everyone everyone like you're like you're much smarter than me in in MATLAB, but I'm much smarter in CAD. But we're both intelligent people. Everyone is intelligent and everyone is smart. It just depends on what subject you're talking about. Like, if I were to walk over to like uh, the business major center, right? 
like they're going to knock me out of the water in like most sort of like uh, statistical and like <laughs> costs and all that. Right. Yep. But if they walk over to my realm. They come to my house. They're going down. <laughs> but I don't think I'm smarter than them. Right. I right. think that they're smart and I think that I'm smart. And that brings us back to the stem of the issue, which is be humble (laughs) because that's a big, big issue that really makes me mad because I like to think that I'm a very kind person and I don't try to put off any sort of like sense of superiority because, again, I think that everyone is intelligent in their own way. Everyone is smart in their own way. Everyone is the exact same intelligence in that regard. And I think that the people that exude that superiority, whether they got great grades in high school, right, or they have a really high GPA, okay, I'll tell you this now. This is this is probably the biggest tip that everyone here can agree on. GPA does not equal intelligence. My lord, GPA does not equal intelligence because I have seen some people with a 4.0 that have no clue how to use a caliper and a hammer and a screw gun and a drill or how to actually build anything. It does not equal practicality. It just means that you got a high grade because you either studied it or learned it. You would did whatever to learn it, right? That doesn't mean putting it into practice that way. So you may get you might get lower than than you want GPA wise, but as long as you understand it, it doesn't matter. And don't let the people who put off like the sense of superiority or they act better than you because they might have a better grade or whatever reason, they're not. And remember that. Remember there's always gonna be something smarter always gonna be someone smarter than them in the topic they're smart in, and you're always gonna be smarter than them in something else. Just remember that. The grade is just a letter. That's it's just all. a letter. Just a requirement in your NASA handbook. <laughs> so but yeah that's that's like the biggest thing that people always always forget and that doesn't just go for engineers that goes for every major yep is mm-hmm. that the it letter like that gpa it doesn't really matter in, in the long run and, and i guess one thing too about like engineering um at least for the mechanical aspect because i've talked with professors and they're like you know those people that are they they have grades that you know say that they're really good and everything, but when you get on industry, you start working. You know you're, you're putting a you're building a, a, a reputation for yourself. And the moment you get out in industry, and you you know show your true colors because you can no longer do what you were doing in college, mm-hmm. whatever that was that was getting you good grades. Um, it's gonna show your true colors and they're gonna fire you. And then in the mechanical realm, when you get fired, it's really hard to get into another company. Yeah. Um, that's what a lot of professors say is like, you know, these people are going to pass through college. They're going to get this and that. But, um, when they get into the real realm, that's when it's going to hurt. Yeah. I have, <clears throat> excuse me, actually, uh, I got something to add to that too. I think this goes to the, the failing is the best teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, we even have some people in our current class who has, have never failed classes and, you know, who are absolutely amazing. But honestly, I worry about them a little bit because eventually you will fail. And if you know how to fail, brush it off. You know, you get back up again, you keep on moving, you know, keep on ticking, you know. You Fighting keep... Irish. Yeah, there you go. Um, but, you know, I think it honestly it's good to fail. You need that gut punch. You need to be tossed into the dirt every now and then. It, one, it'll keep you humble. And two, failing in school is not nearly as bad as failing in life. And if you can fail in a controlled environment and then get back up again, if you fail in real life, it's much easier to bounce back. Keep in mind, 
you know, <laughs> not everybody that comes out of high school, you know, 4.0 GPA somehow maintains it all the way through college, you know, succeeds at everything that they, they can do. They're going to get into industry and they're going to find one thing they can't do and it is going to destroy them. I've seen it happen. They will find something that they have to, you know, they will obsess over it. They will obsess over the one failure. Whether you have, like me, I've failed five, six classes that I've had to retake. Um, you know, the first two, and you're like, oh, my God. Oh, God. My soul. <laughs> my soul. It hurts. And then I'm not going to say it. you get desensitized to it, but you, you learn. Mm-hmm. You know, and then you get back up and you keep going. And now you, I ha- at least I have this sense where I have, um, it, it was part of Stoicism philosophy where you need to be realistic about your situation, but at the same time have that optimistic spin that you will succeed in the end. You will be beaten and you will be broken, but at the end of the day, you will keep going and you will succeed. It's not that, a matter of if, it's a matter of when. Exactly. Yep. And some people who have never failed, who has never, you know, had that, the that test, that struggle, um, it's really hard for them for when they do that. Even when they first get to college, you know, they had that 4.0 or higher in high school, you know, you know, valedictorian and all that kind of stuff. And then they get to, they get to college and then they're among equals. And then they get hard. And then maybe the professors just don't care about them. Yeah, maybe the, maybe. the professors are difficult well, for no reason. That. Maybe they, maybe it's just the, hey, do it this way or don't do it at all. Yeah. Yep. You know, um, they got their own things going on. Uh, I'm not going to hold your hand all the way through. You know, in you we're know, all people. circumstances, we're all people. But eventually, you know, having that bounce back, I think, is more of a valuable skill than having a 4.0 GPA all the way through college. Because, um, like, I got, I don't think I can actually talk about the exact job that I that I recently got, mm-hmm. um, which I'm very proud of. We're proud um, of you. Uh, We're all rooting <laughs> for you. Uh, I appreciate it, and I, I'm very proud of it. But I was really worried about it because I don't have a great GPA. I failed a lot um, in college and in, um, you know, maintaining some some personal aspects. And then I'm like, oh my god, this is this is just one big joke. And then no, it's real. And when I was talking to him about it, so I was talking with the interviewer, and I'm trying to get you know more information. I'm like, "Are you sure you're not making a mistake? <laughs> like, <laughs> you, you you see this? Uh, is this a scam? Pinching yourself in there? Yeah, yeah I'm pitching to myself. <laughs> but it's he he picked me over anybody else because I had he he, he described it as like I said the perseverance and. I feel like I'm tooting my own horn. I feel ugh. no, keep tooting. No, um, because <laughs> um, this is something that anybody can do. But it it was the recognizing mistakes and learning from them. Because I've made some mistakes in industry for internships and real jobs that were several thousand dollar mistakes. <laughs> um, I, I'm not going to tell when or where or who, um, but I know they're mostly my fault. Um, but I'm never going to let those happen again. Yeah. Um, but then I started talking with him, and he goes, you know, I know you made those mistakes, but I also know you're never going to let that happen again. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you recognize. You learn from it. The the, the failing. Yeah. You know, uh, whether someone who, you know, comes in all hot shot and is like, oh, I, it's not my fault. It's something else. I I am perfect. I am, 
I am all things great. Um, I'm, I'm the embodiment of engineering. I am the embodiment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm the embodiment of perfection. The god engineering. of engineering. Because um, we do have some people like that. Some of them are, you know, they get away with it. Stay humble. Stay humble. Just saying. Um, this should be the tagline of the show. Some of them actually go right back into academia because they succeed so well in academia, but then they can't succeed in industry, so they go right back. Mm-hmm. It's a weird phenomenon. So you have those those personalities, um, and then they pity other people when they when they fail or they struggle. Pity the um, fool. Yeah, they pity the fool. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I'm going on and on on a little bit of a tangent. I'm sorry, but um, you're 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 living proof that yeah. that GPA does not matter, and that failing uh, and learning from it is brings success. It's not a matter of, yeah, it's not a matter of if; it's a matter of when. It's a matter of just keep keep going. Like it's not the end of the world. Like you're gonna, you know, to quote uh, uh, Michael Caine from Batman Begins: <laughs> "Why do we fall, Master Wayne, <laughs> to get back up?" <laughs> to learn to pick ourselves back up, right? Yeah. I mean, Michael Caine was right. You gotta, you gotta fall to. I mean, like ch- children, right? They eat it all the time. Mm-hmm. Babies doing somersaults all the time. What does the baby do? Gets right back up. And then you know what? Ten years later, you still fall over, <laughs> but <laughs> you you know how to get back up, right? And so mm-hmm. you've got you. Sometimes you just have to fail. You have to do things that. You know that you know that you won't necessarily automatically succeed at that you're going to struggle through, and by doing that, you're building this this sense of like perseverance. I mean, even our capstone professor, he's always like, "Man, you guys are, you guys are burning it on both ends." We're like, "Yup, yeah. this designer ba- designer bags." Yeah, indeed. So. Mm-hmm. But the uh, biggest thing too is like when you fail, like don't don't stay in that grieving portion mm-hmm. of "Oh man, I'm so bad," blah blah blah. Make sure to step back and analyze why you failed. Breathe. But just analyze. Mm-hmm. Look deep into it. Why did I fail? How did it happen? So you learn from it. Yeah, see what you can don't do to improve. Don't just push it to the side and say you'll do better. Because we don't reanalyze. Yeah. You're not learning. What's the definition of insanity? Doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. There you go. <laughs> Thank you, Far Cry 3. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, I had some tough times through sophomore year after sophomore year going into junior year and i took a leadership and ethics class for my naval science minor and honestly that was one of my most favorite classes in my entire collegiate career it was taught by captain sisson our resident uh naval captain for the nr2c program and he's awesome you know if you guys get a chance to talk to him you should totally talk to him he's so interesting so kind so you know He's got his things together, you know. It's really interesting to talk with him. Um, But that class is, you know, go over ethics, Mm -hmm. philosophy, things like that. You go over, you know, know, is ethic to act a certain way. You have these ethical discussions, things like that. And one of the things that I latched on to, I was going through a hard time too, um, was the concept of stoicism. What can you control? Mm -hmm. You know, you can control yourself. How are you going to... You know, how you react is entirely up to you. You can keep doing what you're doing and you can keep failing or you can understand the outside stimulus and keep going. And then there's how you deal with exam anxiety or things like that. Like we have some of our current friends who I'm very concerned about who are, they stress over everything. They, you know, they're constantly fretting, constantly fretting. And I used to be like that too. And then 
it's the can you do anything about it right now? Mm-hmm. No. Don't worry are about you, it. Are you you already failed that exam? Yeah. What's worrying about it? It is you? done and sent, and you you will live with the consequences. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're worrying is just suffering twice. Yeah. Um, and I'm not saying don't worry about anything, um, but it's the what can you do about your situation, and then do it. You know, and if you, your situation doesn't change, well, it sucks to suck. It is what it is. Um, but oftentimes, if you are in a bad situation and you can do something and you do do something, you will be in a better situation. You know, what's the famous Churchill quote? You know, if you're walking through hell, keep on walking. <laughs> it, it, it does it does no one any justice for anyone to sit and wallow. Yeah. Um, and that is a hard-earned lesson through college and life. and <laughs> Suffering builds character is what my mom always said. Oh, yeah. It's accurate, but also you need to remember to take care of yourself. We're, we're saying all this, but that should be noted is, mm-hmm. you know, it's going to be hard, but you also need to remember that you need to take care of yourself. I, myself, am very bad at it, hence why my team – Usually intervenes. <laughs> That's why it's helpful that, like Nathaniel mentioned earlier, have that that third that third party to come in and say, "Hey, hey, buddy, take a break," or "Hey, you need to go home," or "You need to go to sleep," um, which has occurred more often than I'd like. That reminds me of my final tip. I've been chasing that thought on my the tip of my tongue. I <laughs> oh, you found it? it. I finally found like it. A dog chasing a car. <sighs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, one of the best ways to fight. Um, Anxiety and depression, at least for myself, and it's been a study for other people that, you know, in our profession especially, um, if you are having these feelings and, you know, that, that little bit of hopelessness and you're super stressed and everything is stress, 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 work, 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 which, you know, it is, you know, for us right now especially, um, learn something new. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I was when I first heard about that I was questioning it. I'm like, why would I add another thing onto my plate? Why would I want to learn more things? I want to I want to put something into my head and something else is going to fall out, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, but honestly, I started trying to do that, and it was little things. Like maybe I I wouldn't read a book, but I'd read you know about something, you know, like a little article about something. Um, it actually started about learning about you know more sciencey things to talk about 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 the podcast, but. Um, I started blacksmithing a little bit, and I started looking into leather smithing and some jewelry smithing and things like that. Something that isn't going to take up a, a ton of my time that I can stop and start whenever I want. Um, and honestly, I started feeling a lot happier because it's you can get excited about something again. Mm-hmm. You can go and go, hmm, I can go do this. When you're done with work, you when you sit and wallow, and it's not just like something overstimulating. Video games can be overstimulating. You don't want mm-hmm. something that's just mindless something. You know, you want something that's <clears throat> engaging, engaging that you can focus on, like the board games. <laughs> yeah, we were playing board games yeah. earlier, and I literally told Kyle, we were playing a Stratego. I literally told Kyle, I'm like, oh, man, that made me wor- not worry about everything for a little bit. Thanks, Kyle. What's a yeah. Stratego? It's a, we'll play it. Don't worry. It's a, we'll it's play. a, it's a board game. It's a strategy game. Mm-hmm. But you pick up chess, pick yeah. up something, you know, um, so, some we have a ton of clubs. There's archery. There's other things. And I'm not robotics so, club. Robotics. Well, <laughs> well, pick up something that you can get excited about, and that you go. You know what? It's been a hard day. I'm gonna go do. Something. I've earned it. I've earned it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go. And it's constructive. And it was constructive. Yeah. Because it. But learning something um, does something to your brain 
that increases its structural integrity almost. Yeah. So it is more impervious to outside, you know, influences. So you can bear that weight of, you know, your work, your life, your other things. Your work hardening, your gray mm-hmm. matter. Yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and honestly, I think it works, at least for myself. Maybe no, you know, not I, for everybody. I would agree because uh, I, I remember I learned guitar during school. Like, I'm not that great at it, of course, but I, I started learning how to, to play guitar. And that was really nice to have, like, like you're working, working, working. And then you're like, all right, I need a break. And then you do something like where it uses like that different part of your brain. Like you use more of the creative part rather than like the analytical part. And that's super helpful for like resetting because, you know, you're not overloading one half. It's like using all your cores on a computer at once. Like normally you're using half your cores, right? <laughs> you're using half, like you're using a 16 core processor, using eight cores for all of your, you know, your Microsoft Flight Sim. <laughs> you know, you're using all of it to analyze problems, do all your homework, all that. And then, you know, when it's time to turn off those cores, you got to go to the other ones. And those other ones are a little bit better with your creative aspects. Maybe you're playing guitar. Maybe you're playing with Legos. Maybe you're just building stuff. Maybe you're just, you know, drawing, creating ideas, doing whatever you wish, whatever tickles that part of your brain. You know, it it helps to let one side rest while you work the other. And that's something that you kind of have to define on your own, right? You have to figure out what that thing is going to be. And I think Kyle gave some good examples. Yes, yeah. I think the main parameters are is something that you can pick up and then let go whenever. There's yeah. not a pressure. You have to be perfect. You, you know, everything relies on this thing. Yeah. You know, if you don't do this thing, you'll get fired. And if you get fired, you can't, you know, then that spiral, you know. Working out is a common one, actually. Working out yeah. is a big yeah. one. But uh, no, there's a... Not everybody has access to certain things. Yeah, also, it's true. You know? Like for me, I would run every mm-hmm. now and then. I, I haven't done because w- it's cold, but. <laughs> and I used to run a lot too, and then I got. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, the best of us. Um, yeah, I'm thinking about, I got a less, lesser course load um, January onward, and I'm thinking about maybe trying to get back into that. Um, but yeah, running is a good one. I at still, least it's not gains. At least it's not gains. <laughs> yeah, come see our second well, podcast at the I, gym. This is way off tangent, but I remember my first runner's high. I still, I, I, I'm starting to, I'm, I'm getting that now. Um, so, if you didn't know, I used to do the NRTC stuff, and I was Marine Corps first, and then Navy, and I still remember it. We went out to, you know, where Bald Hill is. No. Mm-hmm. Okay, so down the covered bridge, keep going down the road. You'll cross the road, keep going down. There's going to be the fairgrounds, and then there's the trail all the way to the Bald Hill. It's like a hiking trail mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. paved stuff and some non-paved stuff. It's it's really fun. It's gorgeous. It's away from things. Um, it, it, I used to go there all the time to wander around and de-stress and things like that. I love it there. Um, you can walk on to the top of the hill. Um, there's a little bench, and you can sit and see almost all of Corvallis. Mm, it's gorgeous. That's cool. I was actually thinking about maybe trying to get everybody to that'd go. Be, that'd be a good idea. Team um, bonding? Yeah, yeah. team bonding because it's not that big of a hike. You can be there and back in like two hours. Mm-hmm. You know, you go park in the lot. Um, and anybody who is listening to this, I think you, sh- you should just go out and be in nature. That's awesome. Um, but my first runner's high, that like made me think, oh, running is – I'm starting to understand why people are doing this. Yes. Um, we had – it was a five-mile run, but it was a five-mile run race. Mm-hmm. And I was, you know, I always struggled with like three to four miles um, trying to get it down to the Marine Corps standard. And at the time, I was in much better shape. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I was nearing like three miles and then we got to the turnaround point and then it hit. 
and then you can see the sun rise because we were there at like four o'clock in the morning. You can see the sun rise over the, the mountains and then you, all your aches and pains go away and you just, you're just going, you know, it's nice and cold. It's crisp. And that is like, that was peak existence right there. I'm like, Oh my God, this is why people do it. <laughs> yeah, see, I, runners high. I only started running recently. I did for whatever reason, I decided to do a 5k with my friend, Sam, and we did it at the golf course here in Corvallis. And that was the very first one I ever did. And he he told me how to run for, like, distance rather than, like, mm-hmm. speed. Because I played football, so I only knew ever, like, speed, like, not efficiency. Go fast now. Yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, I – we ran the – we ran that the, that uh, 5K. And I was, like, not, like <laughs> – at the end of it, you know, I was actually fine. Like, like I just maybe, like, walked at a brisk pace. And we finished it in, like, 35 minutes, which – I think normally, I think average pace is like 10 minute mile. So like 30 minutes would be right. But I was like, wow, that was pretty awesome. And then the next one I did was, uh, I started running like miles every day. The fastest mile I ever ran was like seven minutes, 45 seconds, which I'm a pretty big dude. So I was like, heck yeah. But I started running like every, um, like miles every day. And I was like, oh, this is kind of nice. And then I did the Ultimook. Do either of you know what the Ultimook is? Sounds like something in Tillamook. It is. You're half correct. (laughs) It is a 5K in Tillamook where you're like running. Like there's famous videos of it, uh, like where you're like running through mud and like a river. I I did that. I have heard of this. I did that. And there's videos of me somersaulting through the finish line actually out there. (laughs) Ultimook 2022, you'll see me. I have a, I'm pretty sure I have my beaver's hat on, but I do a somersault at the end and my friend Sam picks up my hat because it falls off my head. But I did that. And I was like, whoa, like that was super fun, but I'm super tired and like all my feet are, my feet are like blistered uh, all up just because of all the mud and rain. But it's satisfying. It is. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, wait a minute, like the, it's cause it's like 5.1 miles for mm-hmm. a five, 5k or 3.1, sorry. And I was like, wait a second. I looked at my phone, like on the map in Corvallis. I'm like, all right, this distance is three miles. I'm going to try to work up to that. And I worked up to it and I was able to run like three miles like every single day for like a week until blisters just basically kept me from running. If you start, I already mapped this out. If you start at the IM field right mm-hmm. outside Dixon and you run right to the covered bridge, you know, all the way up the hill and then directly to the covered bridge and then back that same way, that's almost exactly three miles. Yeah, I run from the research stadium, like the that corner next to the Oregon State University sign, like opposite of it. Mm-hmm. And I run all the way down, and then I run all the way up to um, one of the roads. It's like past the agricultural stuff, and it's up to like the, the next big light. And then I run all the way back. Harrison? Yeah, I think it is Harrison. Mm-hmm. So, and that's the route. It's turned into a running podcast. <laughs> well, no, I think it's turning yes. into how to cope with college co- podcasts. Yes, yeah. yes. And this is some of the healthy that we ways do. of healthy coping. Ways. Um, well, <laughs> you know, it's not self-destructive. It's you know, it helps mind, body, body, soul, all mm-hmm. that sort of thing. Um, do they have a puppy thing on campus? Every they do. Every now and then. It's usually during dead week. I was going to say like because a therapy animals. Yeah, that that's a good one too. Like, uh, I actually, maybe this term I need to do that. I have a dog at home, but he's not oh, a puppy anymore. I want a puppy. I want a puppy so bad. Maybe we should, maybe I should force the team to go to the puppy thing. I can bring my, I'd be uh, fine with that. I can bring my new kitten. Ooh, I you got. a kitten? Yeah, we just got it last week on Monday. What's its name? Calliope. <gasps> she. Oh. Oh, yeah. that's such a good name too. Calliope. Mm-hmm. Let me see if I can think of my Greek mythology. Calliope <laughs> turned, no, that's Callisto. Callisto is a bear. Calliope. That'll oh. come to me. Calliope is the bear. 
No, right? Callisto's the bear. Is it Callisto? Yeah. Hmm. Callisto was like an a uh, 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 huntress of Artemis. I'm just over here with the brows. Just from... <laughs> well, this is gonna bother me because I love Greek mythology. I'm so mad at it. Yeah, nine muses. Yeah, them... I was gonna say because yeah. Callisto, because uh, Callisto, Callisto is... was the bear. Yeah, yeah, Callisto I think is a constellation. She... Yeah, Callisto offended um, Artemis. Artemis somehow. Yep. There, there's a couple of different versions, and then she was turned into a, a bear. Artemis Hunter's Companions. Yeah, sorry, Daniel. Didn't mean to go on a bit of a no, Greek mythology you're head. Yeah. I'm so mad I'm learning that you as guys, I go with you guys. So. Yeah. I'm, I'm mad that you guys went on on that without me when I was sick. I it's know. Like, that's my jam. Yeah, I'm we like, I love to, that so maybe much. Maybe we were trying to make you feel better. Ugh. We thought that you were going to go into the River Styx. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, man, I, I thought we were only going to be talking for around an hour, but we've been, we've been blabbering on and on for... Uh, this is our de-stress, This too. has been... Yeah, this <laughs> is, so this actually... That's a good point. This podcast has been very helpful in getting me to kind of relax as well. Because it's kind of nice to just... I mean, we kind of bullied Nathaniel as well. He was going to work on a project and we made him stop nerd. so he could join us. Yeah, nerd. <laughs> oh, this is way better because before, yeah, I was like stressing. I'm like, oh, man, I got to do all this stuff. And especially since like but filtering. Now, yeah, now C. when we go back to work, it'll be uh, more work per work. Yeah, if that makes sense. And like we're working tomorrow on like building our subscale rocket and stuff like that, and working on the handbook and doing all the stuff for us alive. But that's Some tomorrow's testing. problem. Yeah. yeah, testing. Can you do it right now? No. No. <laughs> Don't no. worry about it. Do I want to do it right now? Yes. No. Will I make mistakes <laughs> if I do it right now? Probably. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, I I think what we should probably call it there then. I think this was a great conversation. I would like to thank you, Kyle, for, for bringing this to us, because this has been your idea Definitely. for a while is to talk about this kind of stuff, and it's been very nice telling people who might be going through some of the troubles that we did, or maybe they're second-guessing themselves. I think it's very valuable information. You don't have to listen to us as well, but if you tr- choose to heed our advice, then uh, let us know. We we really hope that we helped in any way we could. Again, uh, you know, email any of us if you have questions about school. Um, or any way to help you out, or if you're curious about some of the AIAA stuff, we'll do whatever we can to help. Research. So, yeah, research. Scholarships here. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I got, I got a list. Uh, we maybe can, maybe we, next time. Yeah, maybe next time we'll talk. Maybe we'll have another episode like Oops, this when we don't have a guest. <laughs> and uh, maybe we can talk about some of the the opportunities available to people, uh, and, you know, scholarships, stuff like that. Yeah, I think next time we have something like this, I wanted to, to talk about one, moving to Oregon. Um, then talk about minors, uh, research opportunities, maybe working on campus. Mm-hmm. Um, if you guys who are listening are part of military families or prior service members themselves, there's a lot of opportunities they do not tell you about. Um, you know, how FAFSA, how FAFSA works, how uh, other scholarship, how loans work, um, then how to, you know, do a lot of that Lots prior of planning. Helpful logistical information. Yeah. So like I'm money and numbers are all my money, jam. Money, 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 <laughs> money. Yeah. That that's literally me. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Krabs. But yeah, um, thank you. Uh we're gonna try to talk about some more of that stuff soon. Are you gonna mention our break? I was gonna say, yeah, um coming up here for USLI, we actually have a subscale launch that's gonna be going on, and so we're gonna we're going to be working through that as well as finals week is next week. So uh, we probably won't be doing a show we, next week. We will probably but... 
we're going to discuss overall, if you see an episode release, then it's going to be out. But probably over the next, probably over winter term, with people going home or people being busy and us being busy with USLI. Winter break? We will probably be back after winter break. That's my that's my my guesstimate. We don't know all the details yet for sure because some of us are going out of town uh, for a time or you know going home for Christmas Eve or for Christmas Eve just Christmas Eve. I'm coming home Christmas or I'm coming back Christmas. <laughs> but yes, uh, so you know uh, episodes will hopefully be out soon after winter break, no matter what. Uh, but if there's a, maybe a Christmas episode in the meantime, then. Just a little bonus for all of you. <laughs> and if you want to come see the team and see the podcast crew as well, uh, Golden Dale. Golden Dale launch December 11th. It's in Washington, right? In Washington. In Washington. Yes. It's a Sunday. Golden Dale um, launch site. We'd like to see familiar faces. Of, yes. Or listeners, I yep. guess. Keep an eye out for a tiki shirt and an NASA hat. That's me. <laughs> it will also be accompanied by Hart, which yes. is another team we talked about in Luke episode two. I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Hart uh, will be there. So, but come see us. <laughs> and remember, at least it's not rocket science. At least it's not rocket science. <laughs> All right, everyone. Have a great night and goodbye. <laughs>